stand to your feet and give him praise and honor magnify him lift your voices the game is this anybody gets in praise we all get in praise amen and you begin to fuel look at you and say it's time to fuel baby right now in the name of Jesus why because if one's going up we're all going up I said, if one's going up, we're all going up. <laughs> you may take your seats. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. God is good. I said, God is good. God is good. I said, God is good. Wow! God is good. Look at three people and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Isn't it good to be in church? It's so good to be back. Hallelujah. Amen. We missed you at the weekend. Praise the Lord. And it was a date that we had for quite some time, and, but um, thank God, praise the Lord, it's good to be home. Hallelujah. Oh. Just standing in this church is a refreshing on its own. Hallelujah. I tell people all the time, if you can just take the boom out of my voice, please, if you can just get yourself to service. It changes everything. I mean, I come expecting, I guess that's the difference. I come expecting to be refreshed every single time. I come in tonight, I care, I don't care what everybody does. I'm telling you, I don't care what anything, what all happens. I tell you, we'll just have the move of the Spirit. And, whew, and I'll leave refreshed and recharged and hallelujah. Come on, shout it out, fresh oil. Praise God. Do you believe that tonight? Fresh oil. Whoa! <laughs> Well, if we could ask the lighting gods to give us a little bit more light down here, that would be, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord so that people can see. Praise God. God is good. Maybe you can see. Maybe it's me that can't. I'm glaring out into the darkness. I'd like you to go to Galatians 3 with me, please. I'd like you to show you something. Hallelujah. Little lights, guys. Hallelujah. Somebody can give me lights. Hallelujah. Did we pay the bill? <laughs> yes, we did. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be able to pay bills? Yeah. I want you to lift your hand and say, I'll always be able to pay my bills. Come on, say it like a minute. I'll always be able to pay my bills. I'll never dread a bill. I'll never dread a bill. I'll never dread a, a fuel bill. I'll never dread a bill. I'll never dread, dread the electricity bill. I'll never dread the gas bill. I'll never dread the bill. Come on, everybody. I'll, 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 never, I'll never dread the house payment because there's always going to be enough. 
I'll say it again. There, there's always going to be enough. Come on, shut it up. There's always going to be enough. Isn't that a good word? Praise God. I'd like you to go to Galatians 3. I'd like to show you something tonight, if I may. And while you're going over there, um, I want to read to you just a couple of prophetic words while, while they find the, the light switch. Hallelujah. Those online, it seems that we have a bit of a power outage right here, but it's okay. They're finding the switch quickly. Can you all hear me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just don't cut my mic. Praise the Lord. Okay, go to Galatians 3. I want to read you a couple of uh, prophetic words that... Uh, so this was one that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. This was way back. But I, I gave it at noontime prayer on the 16th of August, 2017. And I said this. I remember going up Slimish one night. Slimish was the mountain that I prayed on in Northern Ireland. Did you get one flick of a light up there? I think we're getting light. Do you remember when they were fighting over the Constitution? Anyway, this is all this. When it was France, and France had to say no this time. If you don't, just bear with me. Well, I sat in the place where St. Patrick sat. And St. Patrick was the one who brought the gospel to the beautiful nation of Ireland. When I went up to pray up this mountain, I didn't know that it was Patrick. I didn't know everything about Patrick because in the north of Ireland, we were brought up Protestant. And if you were brought up Protestant, you did not want to know anything about saints. It was a taboo subject. That's what the Catholics did. That is not what the Protestants do. So we weren't taught anything about St. Patrick. All we knew is that St. Patrick was very Catholic. And that was enough for the Protestants to know that if he was very Catholic, we didn't want anything to do with him. Now, you have to understand the politics in Northern Ireland because Protestant and Catholics at a period of time did not really get on too well. The regular folks in country areas got on better, but there were places that Catholics and Protestants did not mix. It was like oil and water. So I was sitting up a mountain, I knew nothing about St. Patrick, but it was a journey that the Lord took me on, and I learned how wrong we were, and how beautiful St. Patrick was, and how he was brought by God to overturn the works of the Druids, the darkness, and bring people to the saving light of the grace of Jesus Christ. It was amazing. God gave him a strategy to win the nation, and I believe that God can give us all strategies as well. Amen. Shout it out. I receive strategies. So, like I wanted to say this. That's where the Lord taught me to do what you see tonight. I remember walking up one night. I remember this as clear as I'm reading this. And I got up to about the fairy thorn. And I fell on my face. Anyway, immediately. Uh, I was in Mont Blanc. This was on this mountain. And immediately in the spirit, I was translated to Mont Blanc. Well, 
Mont Blanc is in France. So how do I go from one little mountain in Northern Ireland to a great, great mountain in France just by the Spirit? It was completely open. I was there. I was completely open in vision, whatever you want to call it, but I was standing on top of that mountain, and I was witnessing the works of the Spirit regarding the constitutional change in France and all of those different things. The skies were as black with clouds, and as we prayed, the prayer was violent. Violent. How many people's ever had a violent prayer? The prayer was violent. The skies were black with clouds, and I saw like a cartoon. The clouds beginning to shake like this here. They started to swirl and whipped up into the size of a man's hand, and they flew out over the Atlantic Sea, and I knew that we had the victory. But there were many things like this that took place one night in the prayer meeting. You know how I had a vision or dream, whatever you call it, Ezekiel 47, 9, all of these different things that the ministry was birthed on. When we got our first building in Northern Ireland, I went to the minister's conference in January in Texas, and I said, Lord, we need our building. This is years ago. This is Northern Ireland. And I knew sitting in that meeting that when we would go home, we would have it. And sure enough, when we started our journey home, I got a phone call to say that there was a building that was available. We checked on it. And when I walked in the front door, there was a mural on the big back wall of Ezekiel 47.9. The river, the, the trees... It was all there. And I said, this is our building for a period of time. Do you know, the Lord did us the same way with this building. It was the minister's conference again. That we got the phone call that the building was ours in 2021. How many people know you've got to be at the right place at the right time? So in that building where that mural was, uh, one Friday night, we were praying. I went in the spirit, uh, as we do, and I saw Putin. How many years ago was this? Oh, has to be nearly 20 years. 18, 20 years. And I saw, huh? But Karen remembers dates more than what I know. I, just, I go from, from day to day. I said, remember that? I remember we did that a couple of weeks ago? And she says, Paul, that was four months ago. <laughs> and anyway, I went in the spirit this night when I was praying. And, uh, and I saw Putin. And Putin was in the back room. And he was talking to all of his generals and leaders about stuff. And uh, he went out into the crowd where all the television reporters were and all those different things. And he said completely opposite. He told the people what they wanted to hear instead of what was discussed in that back room. And I knew that night Putin's coming down. And that is 18, 20 years ago. I want you to shout it out, Putin's coming down. 
How many people actually believe that? There's a place. Everybody say that with me. There's a place that God wants you to pray. It's not your place. It's his place. He wants you to work with him, woo, wooed by him, wooed by He doesn't want you praying from the trouble. He doesn't want you praying from the sidelines. He wants you working with him, wooed by the Spirit, up into a place of prayer. So, Pastor, I, 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 I've never experienced that. Well, well, you will. I said you will. I said you will. I lift your hand and say, I receive. You can pray in that place that it becomes more real than this. You go in there and it's like everything is real. Am I, am I telling the truth? I prayed in such a way. I prayed at Jeannie Wilkerson's house here, uh, out at Utica, just here. And when I prayed in there, I prayed in there with Pastor Karen Mosley. And this day that I was praying in there, I had just walked by the stairwell into where the dining room table was. And I had just came around about back, and I put my hands on top of the, the doorpost like this and went to step. I had started to pray and went to step, and the stairwell disappeared. And the stairwell became an ancient gate. How long ago was this? 2012? And around that. It became an ancient gate, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, possess the gates of the city. Well, I didn't know what that meant, but all hell let loose after that. Because I dared to touch the gates of the city. The gates of the city are just not wrought iron gates. That's where commerce and authority. That's where decisions are made. If you, if you study, that's where decisions are made. And the Lord said, possess the gates of the city. Now, one of the scriptures that the Lord had, had given me when I came to Tulsa was... Uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8. I believe it is. That where Paul says, yet I will remain in Ephesus for a wide door of opportunity has presented itself to me, but there are many adversaries. I want you to take note of this, that no matter what opportunity you are given, it is going to be followed up by many adversaries. No matter what door God wants you to step through, through, you're going to have to work through the opposition on the other side of that door. Number one, your personal opposition of the discomfort of a new place or new moment in your life. You will face yourself first before you face any devils. Now listen to me. 
This is good teaching for some people tonight. Because sometimes we get excited about the moment and the opportunity, but yet we forget that with every opportunity in God I'm talking about, I'm just not talking about all that opportunity that comes to get you off the plan and purpose of God. I'm talking about the opportunity in God, even in the will of God, even in the path of God, even in the path that grows brighter and brighter. Once you step through that door, you will be met with many adversaries. Opposition. Number one, you will have to deal with you first. Hallelujah. Now, let me just go in because the sake of time, it's already 20 after 8. He prayed so well tonight that we prayed our time away. Go, to, go with this because I've been in Galatians, uh, you know, discussing Galatians, looking at Galatians because I think if I could say this, that I, I really believe that the church globally is kind of in a Galatians moment. Lots of opportunity to know that we're free, but then lots of opportunity to squander our freedom. Just to know you're free doesn't make you free. <laughs> Try that over here. Just to know you're free doesn't make you free. Amen? And then you can be so free that you've lost the revelation of what it is to be free. The privilege, the honor, the grace. Hallelujah. I want to declare this over you, that a spirit of prayer is rising within you and rising upon you in a greater dimension than what you have ever witnessed before. You see, when we get together in clusters like that, tonight, it's not that you're praying for people. You're praying with people. That's not the moment of laying on of hands. That's the moment. Um, stand up with me, brother. A um, couple of people just come. That's the moment where you're bringing the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. Come, come, come. And we're getting in in prayer with each other. Listen to how I lead it when I'm asking you to do it. If I'm asking you to pray for that person, or work with that person, going forward, listen to my instruction. Amen? Tonight we had the workings of prayer. And so, I can pray on my own. No, stay up with me. Please. Uh, he's so demanding. No. I'm not really. I'm actually a pushover. I can pray over here. And it's good, you know. I, I can go places on my own. I can fly light. But there's nothing like what can be produced. If you get with other people, this is what Satan and COVID and the plague ministers, all those ministers of plagues, 
that they hatched somewhere and wanted to test you out like a guinea pig to see how this would affect everybody? So you shouldn't say things like that, Pastor Paul. It's the truth. How can you start it and then stop it? How did they know it would be over by 2022? This thing has a shelf life. Now it's mixed up in with everything else. Oh, praise the Lord. Some of you are looking at me, I don't know. Oh, I do. And this isn't the first and the last. But we're being raptured, hallelujah. <laughs> Whoa, we're going out of here. I'm telling you, you see the queen, off she went to heaven. She was one of those last stakes in the ground, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, the stability of the times is all being taken apart and it's being set up for the Antichrist, but we will never know this side of time who the Antichrist is because we that are born again by the Spirit of God will be raised up in the, in the rapture of the church. If you're going on the first lift, shout a big amen. Come on. So what the enemy wanted to do was to shut down prayer. Not just church meetings. You can have church meetings all day long and still produce no power. But what the enemy hated was prayer. I don't pray on your own. But you know what? I can set a thousand to flight. This sets tens of thousands to flight multiples of tens of hundreds of thousands now have to listen to the four of us. They're playing with me over here, just one more set of, so therefore they know, okay, a thousand flies off. But now, off you go, all of you. All of you would be having none of it. And so what Satan wants to shut down truly is the power of corporate prayer. And so what, thank you so much. And so what Satan likes to do is he likes to mess with you. And how he loves to mess with you is through your flesh because he's a flesh devil. And he will work as much as he can to keep you in the flesh even though you have a few spiritual bursts. How many people have ever had a few spiritual bursts? You know, you were on fire one moment and you were just kind of like a few warm ashes the next moment. You had a good three months and you were like, and you're just, you know, just lifting everything. And then, you know, you have a time where you're just in your boots and you're as cold as cold and... You know, you've got all the right verbiage, amen, praise the Lord, but there's no kick. Right? So who's messing with you? Well, number one, you're supposed to be in control of your own life. You control the hinge on the eye, the ear. You control the, the door of the heart. You are the God of time this side of eternity, small g, because you determine what you do with it. You determine what you do with it. 
right? So you have to deal with yourself. I know it's lousy, but it's the truth. You have to step through that door of opportunity and now deal with yourself. When all these things now are wanting to oppose you, you think for one minute that you're going to step into your destiny? And the devil roll over, play dead, and give you your future on a silver platter? Have at it? No. Where you're going to find the opposition is in the plan and purpose of God. You're not going to find it over here. If something's going wrong over there, that's just you in a mess. That's nothing to do with God or the devil. It's just you in a mess and your willful self. But when you stay on the path, everybody say the path. When, when you stay on the path, you're going to face opposition. Number one, you're going to face you. What is this new step going to demand? Change. Because if I want to truly embrace this new day in my life, I can't act the way I used to act in the old way. Because... If you didn't like the results of that old way and you try to bring the same person into the new day, then you're going to sabotage. And you're going to sabotage every opportunity that God brings to you because you have not yet so learned Christ or so learned the anointing that you have to deal with yourself, crucify the flesh, and step into the things of the Spirit. How many people heard that very simply? Was that good explanation? All right, so just lift your hand and say, I guess I'm on the altar. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So over the next few days, you know, of your life as you step through another door of opportunity, you'll hear a lot of baying and, you know, and, and like the cows dying in your life and, and all those different things. But it's okay. But Pastor, I don't feel good. I mean, why don't I feel happy? I don't mix happiness with joy. Don't, don't mix happiness with, with joy. Well, I, I'm just looking to be happy. Well, then you will never fulfill the plan of God. Because he wants to trust you with joy, not moments of happiness. Come on, don't make this hard for me. I've got five minutes. So you're going to get an opportunity like the Galatians church for, not only for you to drop the ball, but for others to come around you that will interfere with your walk with God. So this read what, what was said here. You know it. You know it well. But this is, this is what Karn and myself are in. This is what we're discussing. This, this is our thoughts. I, I'm like, and this is where the Lord is leading me. And it says, oh, you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians, who is fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you, unto whom right before your very eyes, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. Now, we can really look at them and say, how could they do that? How could they allow anything to interfere with them? They saw it. Well, there's people in this room tonight, people watching the archives of this, and you've saw a miracle. You've been in a phenomenal presence of God. You've seen tremendous things happen in services. You've felt the presence, the tangible presence of God. And yet, 
you too allow yourself to be interfered with. Hallelujah. Then he said this, let me ask you this one question. Everybody say, thank God, just one question. Amen. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of obeying the law and doing its works? Or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it? Was it from observing the law of rituals or from a message of faith? Are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly, haven't begun your new life spiritually with the Holy Spirit? Are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? Now, this is amazing. Paul really doesn't get off the topic. He carries this all the way through to Galatians 5. And then he spells it out. This is the works of the flesh, and this is the fruit of the Spirit. And he said through this, walk in the Spirit. Right? And you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So he is laying it out like a no-brainer. Do not let people interfere with you. Have you ever... I'll just, have you ever loved somebody and thought well of them, right? Knew nothing ugly about them, just, just the love of God. And then you got with somebody else in the church. And somebody else in the church, let's go to dinner. And during dinner, they brought up this person that, that you saw nothing in but godly. And now they want to tell you a few things about this brother or sister that you never saw. So what have they done with you? They have interfered with you. How many people have ever been interfered with? Look at your neighbor and say, leave me alone. How many people can understand what I just did? Now, who, who gives us the right to interfere like that? When you love me, you see no guile in me, you see nothing wrong with me, but someone else comes along. Now, I'll tell you about Pastor Paul. You've got to watch him here. You've got to watch him here. And before you know it, now, my pastor is being belittled in my estimation. And you know what? Now the devil's laughing because now you can't receive from Pastor Paul like you did. So someone has interfered. But your flesh must have been in a good place to be interfered with. Why did you take the bait so quickly? Why did you not reply with a rebuke in love? That's spiritual. That's the love of the spirit. I don't care what my I don't care what you're saying. My God, the agape love of God. And let me tell you, since I came to this church, I'm telling you, this has happened. 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 And you begin to recount the works of the spirit. 
Now, I'm, I'm, not talk, I'm not setting me up. There's nothing wrong. I don't care. I mean, hey, have at it. But I'm talking about me so that it's leaving somebody else alone. How many people in this room has, has known someone that maybe spoke ill about someone else? Put up your hand. You know, just They tried to interfere with you. They tried to interfere with you. And Paul's coming along, because I can take you to the Greek. I don't have time. I had it all worked out for you all, but I don't have time. I'll go at it again. I'll maybe do it online for you all. But Paul's just simply saying to them, why, why are you letting this happen? It's so powerful. He just goes on. He said, have you suffered so many things and experienced so much? All these things that you've come through to get to this point, and you're going to let somebody interfere with you now? You went through hell and high water. You moved your whole family across the world to come to this church, and you're going to let somebody mess with you now? You gave up whatever to start a business, and you th you're going to let somebody mess with you now? It's better than good. <laughs> it is life-changing, and it is life-saving. You see, you don't want to come together on what's wrong with someone. You want to come together on what's right with that person. Well, I tell you, well, yeah, well, you know, I could see, you know, but I can tell you, my God, look at this, look at that, look at the other thing. If you listen to criticism from a person, then you have located them as an interferer. And if you receive that criticism as an, uh-huh, I know it, then you both have agreed against the works of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of this tonight? Shout it out. Love. Joy. Peace. That's the thing about millennial and Pastor Paul. You can't say nothing about nothing. He said, speak the word only. So if you have anything to say about me, speak the word over me. If you have anything to say about that sister or brother beside you, speak the word over them. Thank you, my brother. Speak the word only. Speak the word. It's the safest thing that you can speak. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand the pastor. I don't understand why he's doing that. And the Lord will reveal to you. Do you know what he will reveal to you? He'll reveal to you your own shortcomings. God will never reveal to you mine. And sometimes you can spot what's wrong with another. Because you know what's wrong with you. <laughs> I can hear that Hammond B organ going. <laughs> but you wonder why we can pray like this? You wonder why we work like this? You wonder why we operate like this and how we can operate this? With the purity of the flow? Because we don't give ourselves to that death. And that's where I'm going to take it right now. It is death. Yeah. Yeah. Shut it out. I bind the spirit of death. Yeah. 
All right, so don't go talking it. Said again, I bind the spirit of death. So don't go talking it. Right? So Paul brought this to the Galatians church and he says, come on, guys. And then he gets up into Galatians 4, and I'm telling you, it's like it's rumbling along. And here we are. My God, we're moving along. And he says, you know what? I have prayed for you to come to Christ. And now I am praying for you again that Christ be formed in you. So he's not letting them done. They're not destroyed back here because, you know what, they've got off a little bit. He's talking to them. Come on, get back in the spirit. Everybody shout that right now. Get back in the spirit. Amen. Why? Walk in the spirit. Amen. You sow to the spirit, you will reap. Come on, say it again. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap. How many people want life? Life is what? Walking in the spirit. So say this, death cannot take me because I refuse to speak it, I refuse to talk about it, and I refuse to enter into contract with another and bring it to life. Come on, death stays dead in my life. In the name of Jesus, you get together and you start to work compact together on negative and flesh. You start to bring that to life. You know when you speak about what's wrong over and over and then talk to other people about what's wrong, you exacerbate it. You make it bigger. It becomes bigger instead of sucking the the life out of that thing. Amen. And bringing it to naught and calling it dead before it ever gets going. Oh, God. Barakani. I know that this is not for this church tonight, but it will work for some other church in Tulsa. How many people know there's at least one person that probably needs this tonight? So you go from Galatians, because I tell you what's happening is that many are canceling out their prayers. And you're, 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 you're speaking, you're one to speak life. You've just had a time with God. You're speaking all your scriptures. You've got your prayers that availed much out. And you're giving it the welly. And, you're kind of, and then you come out of that and you get a coffee and you begin to interfere. So now some people can see why they have nothing of the spirit manifesting in their lives. It shouldn't always have to be by faith. Jesus was not releasing his faith at the age of two for gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I know we're a faith church and we live in a faith city. If the worship team can come back, that would be wonderful. Thank you. But this is what I'm meditating on. It's so powerful, guys. Begin to pray in the Spirit with me right now. I pray over you that the Lord shows you, that the Lord reveals to you. Because this is the invitation to the supernatural. This is a stepping in through that door knowing that if there's opposition, I have to deal with me first. 
in the name of Jesus. Come on, slay the flesh. Crucify it in the name of Jesus. Come on, something rising up against another person. Say, I put on the I put on love. I put on the garments of praise. I put on love. I put on the agape of God. I put on the blessing of God. I will speak the blessing of God. With my mouth, I will bless humanity in the name of Jesus. I bless them. I bless them coming in and I bless them going on. And I bless them in the city and I bless them in the field. In the name, touch your mouth right now. Come on, all over this room. Those that are watching online, touch your mouth. Amen. Come on. Just command your mouth. Speak good in the name of Jesus. Speak good only. Speak the word only in the name of Jesus. Come on. You're not going to give yourself. You're going to get results. You're going to get miracles. You're going to see signs. You're going to see wonders. You're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You're going to see the blessing of God come in ways and proportions than what I'm telling you. Get ready in the name of Jesus. If you walk like I'm telling you to walk, you're going to see things that you not you never thought you would ever see. And I believe you walk like this. Healing is going to spring forth speedily. I believe it. I want you to lift your hand and say, there's no bitterness in me. Come on, shut it up. There's no bitterness in me. Oh, come on, serve notice on arthritis right now. Every part of arthritis, in the name of Jesus, get out of my body. In the name of Jesus, I speak moistening of the bones in Jesus' name. Come on, from your hips to your elbows to your backbone. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed. Shut it out. I am blessed. Come on, help me. I am blessed. Shut it out. I forgive everybody. And that sound good in a local church? Shut it out again. I forgive everybody. I have nothing against anybody. Not one person have I anything against. I love everybody. I have the agape love of God living in my body. I don't care what man has done for me. I love them. I love them. I love them. You cannot hate them if you will pray for them. You cannot hate them if you will uh, if you will pray for them. That's where the agape. I'll give you those. Andrew's fixing his hair. Sorry, I'm just jealous. I don't have any hair to fix. Come on, we're gonna finish. How many people have had at least one person that that you had a hard time with in your life? I mean, come on, am I the only one? What'd you do with it? What'd you do with it? Did you interfere with somebody? What's your mind? Or did you pray for them? After tonight, how many people's gonna pray for them? Because I tell you, prayer will bring the blessing. Prayer will see them free, and prayer will see you free. Whoa! Prayer will see us all free. It's the most amazing thing. I said to people over the years, I said, if you've been offended at me, pray for me. Don't tell everybody that you're offended at me. Pray for me. Pray for me that my eyes open and that I repent from my wicked ways. I hope you got something out of this. Because this is revival. Because you go into every message that was preached through revival, you will see that God dealt with the church. Yes. 
and he cleaned it up. He gutted it like a fish, and he brought it into a wholesome place. If your prayers are not being answered, God is not holding out on you. I do this, Father. Show me. Show me what, what's going on. All right. I spent time in there, and Carl will tell you, I spent long periods of time processing. Why? Because I found a scripture that said that David meditated upon his bed, muttered, talked it over. Do you talk it over with God? I do. I do. I just show me, Father. You see, I know we're so down on David, you know, because he's Old Testament. But David was the person, the first person that would say, reveal to me if there's a wicked way in me. And if it is, gut me, clean it out. But we're so far into the New Testament that, that we don't want to pray prayers like that anymore. But yet that can be the very thing that is blocking and shutting down what God is trying to get to you because you prayed for it and God wants to bring it. So my confession is I have nothing against another human being. I choose to love. And the Bible clearly says this, to bless those who persecute you. To bless those persecute you. I remember Ray McCauley saying this one time, there were people coming against him so hard, so hard. I tell you, he blessed the socks of them and got them tickets to the ball game and just did everything that he could do. He just, he just won them over, refused to come against them. And he won. I want you to shout it out, I win. I win. Say it again, I win. I win. 